4: Okay, we welcome you in here on a Saturday. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi off the yacht in studio at his, o- at his, <laughs> yeah, at his office.
3: I, I don't have a skipper's hat. like but You know who has one, don't you? you know, of Captain course. Stubick Berman has a skipper's hat. I'll send you that picture, too, if you like. He yeah, was, fla- he was flattered He was flattered by the comparison yesterday, by the way. Oh, he loves Captain Stubick. He, I mean, the man watches Love Boat every day.
4: Who doesn't? Uh, I've got a couple Who of doesn't? I've got a couple of things for you. Uh, first, I want to get to Brady in a second. You'll laugh at this quote. Uh, but first we had a precipitous drop. When we opened today, that game three tomorrow in Atlanta was sitting five. It's down to three and a half at a couple of books. So heavy betting on Atlanta right now. Tonight we're seeing
3: Steam. yes, dude. That is a September one. And I I think this is this is this is classic. I don't think this is sharp money this is where Josh and I have a disagreement, is how do you really analyze the money? He says, Josh says the money moves the line, that people move the line, the right people move the line. And so if there's Billy Walters as an example, the number one sports gambler in America, if he bets $200,000 on the game, he's going to move the line. So that's that's Josh's point about line movement and steam. And, and, and certainly it has merit to it, right? It certainly does. And and this game, early action, getting the high number, has moved the line. So there's certainly amount of steam. Now my point is simply, are we sure this is steam coming from sharp money, or is this just a lot of money coming in? You right. know, And how do you separate? And also, is this really the right person making the bet? Because I know there's people that bet for Thomas Gable that are considered sharp because they have a lot of money, right? And we know they spend a lot of money on games, and bet a lot of money. They have what we call the f money, right? They don't care. Lose a million, no big deal. I've got plenty in the bank. That doesn't make them a sharp. See, and this is where I, this is what I've learned last year through all of this, is that just because a guy puts a lot of money on the game, doesn't qualify him as a sharp. It qualifies him as a better who moved the line, but it doesn't qualify him as a sharp. And I think that's a little bit of the distinction. And I think what most people are seeing is, look, Atlanta played a bad game. Trey Young didn't play very well. They're not going to play as bad. The line's not going to move that far away. It'll be a tighter game down at State Farm Arena. And why not grab the five? Perfect sense. It makes logical, perfect sense to me.
4: And. Well put, because a big fish comes in over at the Borgata in Atlantic City and bets $860,000 on Milwaukee to win the series. So Thomas Gable then will need Atlanta throughout that series no matter
3: what. No matter what sharp money comes right.
4: in, unless something crazy happens, he's going to need Atlanta.
3: But we don't know how much he's won or how much he's lost over the last 12 months. Say he's down $2 million. Say, he's, say you know, if he was up $4 million, maybe we would pay attention. I think that's the difference. You know, the guy that made the bet on the Super Bowl where he took the he took the Bucks in the first quarter for what? 450,000 and he took the one point in the first quarter with the Bucks. I mean, he's 46 seconds away from not covering that bet. And yet he did. Great for him. Smart play. But does that make him a sharp? Does that make him a sharp? I think that's what I've learned is who truly are the sharps, who they are, and there can't be that many of them. You know, there can't be that. They don't grow on trees. Guys that can really do a great job of handicapping games and understanding the rhythms of this betting market, they're few and far between. And also,
4: so the big fish walks into the Borgata, right? And he says to Thomas, will you take 500 grand on the Bucks 500 in the series? Thomas immediately goes, sure. The guy goes, all right, never mind. I'll take 360 on it. Thomas goes, sure. Because he was scared. I know. He didn't want his, the, uh, his reactions, he, Thomas's Thomas's reactions reaction. Thomas's reaction scared, scared him. So to your point of whether or not he's sharp, he comes in the next day after the Bucks lost game one, and now they're laying, what, $2 minus 200, and he goes, uh, I'll take an extra 500000 on it. And Thomas goes, sure. And he goes, okay, here's five hundred grand." Well, now he's eight sixty to win, I don't know, a little over three hundred on the Bucks in the series.
3: Yeah, I just don't know if we can, without really seeing it, be able to separate what is what is sharp money and what is just money. And my point is let's go back to the game. Let's analyze the rhythms of the game. Let's break the game down as best we can. We're probably not – we're just trying to be 60% right. Well, your analysis during the
4: NFL season, we can very much qualify that as sharp analysis, which will lead to sharp money being bets. Okay. So, Lombardi Line, Bet MGM, Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi, brought to you, of course, as I mentioned, by Beta MGM. It is VSIN, the sports betting network, as we welcome you in. It's, it's a great show, so much fun this time of year. We still got, what is it, June 26th, we're into the summer, and we've got the NHL, we've got the NBA continuing. I mean, it's incredible. By the way, quickly on this, uh, the Stanley Cup final opens up on Monday in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a huge favorite, 250, 260 ish, uh, in that they are a 250 favorite in the series Michael if you want to bet Montreal who have been doubted this whole entire time I mean you know last to get in
3: the tournament let me ask you as a hockey expert I wouldn't know the answer to this but let's say the Vegas Knights won the won the series what do you think the price of that would be I think the it's two. so right now Tampa Bay is minus 150
4: if it was VGK versus Tampa Bay I think Tampa Bay is more of a 150 to 160 favorite So cut that not necessarily fully in half, but almost in half. I mean, VGK, it's three teams, really. It was Tampa Bay, VGK, and Colorado all year, thought of as that upper tier. So I think, Josh, you can text me as well. I'd say 150, 160-ish, and right now you've got 250 against Montreal.
3: A 2-1 to coming back the other way. And for me, just logically, logically, they just beat the second-best team or the third-best team in hockey in six games. Mm Mm-hmm. And they got a hot goaltender. I think there's, I think this is a lesson. It's a little bit like Tampa Bay last year. Do I think Tampa played the best in November? I mean, remember for their bye week, they got beat by the Rams handily. You know, And I think they found their rhythm and they found their groove late in the year, maybe even in the second half of the, of the Kansas City game when Kansas City was blowing them out. And I think they found their rhythms and they kind of got hot at the right time. I think this is a little bit like Montreal. And when you have a hot goalkeeper yeah. in, in, in in hockey, that can go a long, long way. Now, do I think they'll win four games of it? I don't know. I, I'm not that of an expert. I don't pay attention to it to the degree where I would say, yeah, I'm full. But to me, in understanding sports and the rhythms and the beats of the game, when you got a hot team, don't always just think they're not on the same par as the other team. So – yeah, Josh said, I think you're right with that line. That was a good question, Michael. So VGK, Tampa Bay,
4: let's say those two played. Uh, he said, I think you're right there with the 150, 160. They're 250 favorites against Montreal. I had a, a name you'll recognize. I talked to him yesterday, Ken Danico. 20 years with the mm-hmm. New Jersey Devils, defenseman. Man, he was a pain in the butt uh, because of that trap against the Red Wings growing up. But he, he was talking about, I said, does Montreal have a shot here? He said, it's even. And I said, well, he snapped at me and I, he said, it's even, I said, what do you mean? He said, this is the hockey's a different sport, man. He's like, there's no home ice. Yeah. Once they're in, like they're in Montreal was on the brink of elimination against uh, the Maple Leafs. And then they just keep on to odds. They were like 500 to one coming into the postseason. So all of yeah. that is behind them and they feel on equal playing ground. The talent is there in Tampa Bay, but they feel like
3: hockey's a little different that way. Right, and and when you get somebody, when you get momentum and you get confidence, along with great goalkeeping, you know the the sky's the limit for you. And they're not going to get deterred because the one thing about having, you know, they win a game one, you know, they 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 beat that won the overtime game against the VGK. I mean, that's impressive. Huge, you know, know, your goalkeeper, you know, you once you beat him, you didn't beat him in seven, you beat him in six.
4: No, you nailed it. And again, the Stanley Cup Finals are so much fun. Josh said, "Stanley Cup Finals unders hitting at a 62% the last decade. So, last 10 years, the unders in the Stanley Cup Finals 33 and 20 to the unders. That's important betters to take note of. Uh, series price, yeah, we got that 250, and then the uh, Habs coming back the other way plus 200. That is, you you've been to Montreal?
3: Yeah, I have. We played a preseason game up there when I was in Cleveland, uh, you know, in that uh, in the dome where, you know, no, it was in Toronto. I take that back. No, yeah, because Montreal is supposed
4: to be one of the, it's like it maybe Paris light, but supposed to be one of the real gems uh, on this planet. And they care more about hockey pretty much than anywhere on the planet. I mean, there's really, it's hard to, it, it's a, it's a religion
3: to Montreal fans. Are they going to increase the amount of people allowed to see the game? Are they, I don't
4: know the answer. They had thirty five hundred in Game Six, as you mentioned, but they had one billion outside. So what's the difference?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, why not make the, them all pay to come in? What's the ordinance issue here? Yeah,
4: I don't necessarily understand what's going on with the ordinance here. Um, but listen, it doesn't get any better. Yesterday, one nothing. And I know people complain about this with soccer. I got the Euros going. We've got MLS today. I, people have a problem with the low scoring. If you watch Tampa Bay and the Islanders last night, you were not bored by a one nothing game. I mean, it was just it yeah. Was wild.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, and look, people aren't bored by soccer and it's, and, you know, it's 3-2. I mean, you know, you, you know how those low scoring, those games. <laughs> I'm going to get today. you into soccer eventually here. Well, you know, I mean, what do we got? You got Wales and Denmark today. How about I- Italy and Australia? Who do you like in that one? Italy's laying two. You got a bet. Austria, seat. Austria. I'm sorry. Yeah, Austria. Austria.
4: Italy, Italy's great. Italy can win the Euros. Italy, you have to lay two twenty to win a hundred. Uh, but they are that much. They're 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 that much the better. I would feel comfortable. Now you can lay a goal and lay one twenty which means if they win by one, you push, you get your money back. you got to win by two. Most prognosticators, and I've got about 12 of them that I respect, have Italy winning 2-0 in that matchup. So you would win laying a goal. But this – Again, I, I pay attention to Nigel Sealy.
3: I think he does a great job. Nigel Seely right I here on Vsin is
4: it yeah. better, is as good as anybody. You can read him in Point Spread Weekly. You can hear him, and that's a great point. I'm not sure there's a sharper um, handicapper as far as football, soccer, around than Nigel Sealy right here on Vsin. Now you're going to love this. So let's throw up the quote. Mm-hmm. It's a family show. So we got to be careful with this. Tom Brady, my goodness, watch your mouth. Um, so this is what he said on the shop, which debuted last night on HBO. The shop, as I told you, Michael, is very loose. It's uh, supposed to be like at barbershop. Mike's there with LeBron. Yeah. And Brady said, you know, one of the teams, they weren't interested at the end. I was, and I was thinking you're sticking with that M, you know, swear word. So Brady said, when I look back, this is the new quote. When I look back, there's no effing way I would have went to that team, but they said they didn't want me. I know what that means. I know what that feels like, and I'm going to – f you up because of that part of my language but brady's a psychopath really is what this comes down to and then he he just he painted a lesson in, in deception because they were talking to him about what he does and what he says he says what i say versus what i think are two totally different things i would say 90 percent of what i say is probably not what i'm thinking so that is the art
3: of deception by tom brady yeah, I mean, look, he, he was coming off. I mean, let's face it. I mean, we have revisionist history in, in, in our sports memory, and and I've had a lot of it with, with, there were times where I thought in 2013 season, I didn't think Tom could come back and play to the highest level that he achieved in 14, 15, 16, 17. And I think last year, there wasn't a lot of interest in Tom. There really wasn't. I mean, he tried to engage the 49ers. And I think Kyle Shanahan was really interested, but they had just gone to the Super Bowl. They had just felt really comfortable with their team. And I think a lot of the people inside their organization didn't want to make that bold of a move. They felt like, look, why would we trade in a young quarterback who took us to a Super Bowl for an older quarterback who may be declining? So I don't. It was not San Francisco. A lot of conversation is around Tennessee. That makes some sense because John Robinson, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, and Tom go back to when Robinson was at the was at the uh, Patriots. So. Robertson loves signing expatriates, there's no doubt, whether it's Malcolm Butler, Deion Lewis, Steve Guskowski, I mean, all of them have shown up somewhere on the campus of the Titans. And I would think they would have had an interest. But remember, this is a team that went to the championship game, lost badly to the Chiefs behind the running of Derrick Henry, not because of their great passing game. So I could see that being the case. I felt like on my pod this week, I thought it was Miami, Patrick. Yeah, and why? Well, because I know Brian Flores was just become, you know, had just been his first year there. It was a way to get back. It was along the Eastern Seaboard, which is what he wanted to do. He wanted part of Tom's decision in terms of leaving. He wanted to stay close to the New York market to be to be near his son. So he wanted to have that, and he wanted to be able to get there and spend time and and be a father. And so I thought maybe this could be Miami because sticking with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It couldn't have been something. Now, would he have liked to play for, you know, this is before Chan Changali came in. That wouldn't have been the right fit. So, you know, to me, Tom, wherever he went, it had nothing to do with the coordinator. Tom was going to change what they did offensively. I love Bruce Arians. We're not changing what we do. Okay, Bruce, you're not changing. But let me show you the game that you won the Super Bowl in from the opening game. Your, two, your offense is way different. <laughs> you know, you can say what you want, but your offense is way different. You ran Brady's plays. You ran the Patriots' plays, basically.
4: Oh, you mean Bruce Arians who said there is no way on God's green earth that Antonio Brown is playing on this team. We'd love to welcome no Antonio Brown to this team after a conversation yeah. with Tom Brady. Right.
3: Because of injuries, because of injuries, the only reason we brought him back. Okay, great. Mm. And then the worldwide leader announced that and then the worldwide le- and then now he's back on the team when they have the full team. So, look, we we all know that there's things that are said like Brady talked about in that quote that are out there for the public consumption. You know, we're not trading Ben Simmons. Okay, that means you're probably trading Ben Simmons you're sending a message <laughs> yeah. to people about what you're doing like part of the job in the National Football League or any league is to figure out what's not being said
4: so Brady said as far as the candor and honesty he doesn't want to give away his power one last quote from a st- this is Brady talking on the shop. From a strategic standpoint, I never want to give away like what we're doing. Brady said, "I'll clean this up as much as I can." Like I usually say the opposite. You know, they got a bad corner, and I'll be like, "That guy's unbelievable. I don't even know how they complete balls over there." And in my mind, I'm like, "I'm gonna go at that MFR
3: all day." <laughs> so you yeah. know him. That's- I mean, but that that's very Belichickian. I mean, Bill's very popular. I mean, have you ever seen a Bill press conference about the opponent that he doesn't pump up the team? I mean, he's not doing that to because he wants to humor himself. He's doing that. He's sending a message to his team what he thinks of the players. That's, yeah. And that's really important. That's really important because he knows that when he communicates to the media, he's communicating to his team as well. So when Matt Nagy says there's no open competition, you've just told your team there's no open competition. That's the part Al Davis used to say all the time when you're talking to the media, you're talking to the owner, you're talking to the fans and you're talking to the team. Those are the three people you're talking to. So you better have a message every time you speak to all three groups.
4: Yeah. The bill Belichick pressers. Sometimes I get confused if I stumbled upon Tony Robbins because the energy's so <laughs> up there. So what I'll generally do is when I wake up in the morning, I need some juice. I'll throw on a presser from bill Belichick. You're hundred percent. Right. Remember, how I said to you yesterday, I think there's a little correlation this year with the Rams to the pa- the Buccaneers last year. Now the Rams are going to have seven new coaches, obviously Stafford uh, integrating into a new system. But w- JJ did a little digging on the Bucks. Let's go ahead and throw this up. So uh, straight up over their last eight, eight games, including the postseason, the Bucks were eight and zero as they got comfortable. They were six and two ATS, a, a point differential of almost 15. You see, once the team started building a rhythm, and I think we could see that from the rams in the second half this year
3: you know look it really comes down to how good will they play i think when you look at the bucks you say their defensive front played really well played really good pierre paul and sue you know shack barrett their front seven was really good really good and you know then their offensive line played really good and that's what's going to have to happen for the rams i mean whitworth has to stay healthy he's got to stay healthy you know, and Haverstein's got to be able to hang in there. Now they're going to run the football. It's going to be—they're not going to change what they do. They're going to be a heavy play-action pass team, and Stafford's going to be able to execute more of a drop-back game. And Stafford's a tough guy. Now Stafford will stay in there. They've got enough weapons on the outside, whether it's Cooper Cup, Ben Jefferson, Robert Wood. they will be able to handle that. And of course, they've got the Deshaun Jackson. If he could even play in just eight games, they've got skill. The tight end situation is good, you know. I I think they I think they didn't utilize. I mean, I know Pete Carroll's talking about, you know. Uh, uh, the, talking about the tight ends up that he's had. But I don't think that the Rams utilized or Higby came in and played so well. Gerald Everett, to me, I didn't think he was utilized enough in Los Angeles. And he could have done a much better job. But I think overall this is a really good offensive team, and Stafford's going to make them better. The key is going to be defensively, and they're good on defense now. You know, they've got the best defensive player in the league and Aaron Donald. You know, Leonard Floyd was sensational last year. You know, they got Le- Jalen Ramsey who can really cover. You know, he's not going to get any work. Darius Williams from Baltimore that was waived by Baltimore, yeah. he's going to get all the action. You know, so everybody's going to go after Dion. They're going to go after David Long. They're going to go after all their other guys. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, you know, would probably, if anybody throws the ball in his direction, they got to be crazy.
4: You know, if they stay healthy, the defense could be great. If Floyd could broke be. out last year. Kaiser was got I mean, this is it's a very top heavy defense though. Beyond it because of their cap situation and the way that they've allocated their money. Right. They
3: they're they're top they're top heavy everywhere. Pretty much, they can't afford the injuries. They just no. can't. I mean, they can they can go from the penthouse to the basement in a hurry, and if they have the wrong injuries, that could really be problematic for them. But you know, they've got a really good coach. You know, he understands how to move the football. They've got great energy, and I think the change to bring Raheem Morris in there, you know, gives them a little bit of a of a of a different flavor for what they want to do defensively. It's not going to be Brendan Staley's defense. It's not going to be. It's going to be a little bit of a combination, and it won't be. Dan Quinn's Atlanta defense. I think that they'll do a good job. They changed, you know, DeCamillis is there as a specialty. They've made a lot of changes. We'll see if it all works out.
4: Okay, let's save the West until tomorrow. We'll come back with doubt or no doubt. But quickly, the Rams, they're laying seven in week one at home against the Bears on Sunday night. That's just, Josh just texted me that.
3: I think, the, I think that the, I would take the Rams here. Here's why. I think the Rams have practiced against Brendan Staley's defense the entire last season. I think McVay understands it better than anybody. That's what the Bears are going to open up with, and I think they'll be able to attack this Bear defense pretty well. Instinctively, that would be I would lean towards the Rams. I think we got to pay attention to preseason. The Rams won't show us anything in the preseason, but the Bears will. Let's go ahead and throw that graph. Oh.
4: I want to get this in, BetMGM Nevada. We'll come back with some Doubt or No Doubt. Remember, download the BetMGM app, stop by any MGM casino on the Strip, and you're ready to bet within minutes. Basketball, hockey, whatever your style, you're going to love it over at BetMGM. Really easy user face. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Coming back, a little Doubt or No Doubt here on a Saturday. It's the Lombardi Line. OK, today's a huge day. I know it as a horse racing fan. Today's a huge day. Belmont Churchill all over the place. So here are Express Bet analyst Jeff Siegel, who's one of the best on the planet doing it. Here's his picks for today. Go to Churchill race eight. He likes the one horse Wicked Halo at four to one on the morning line at Belmont Race 9. He likes the 2, Manon, at 5-2 to two Morning Line. You can bet these races and more at First Bet, the best place to start your betting action for horse racing. Sign up now. You see it right there. Sign up now, First Bet app, and get up to $100 in matching bonus on your first deposit instantly. It's right there in your account, ready to play today. Visit vcin.com slash horses for more details, and don't forget to use the promo code Vegas100. It's vcin.com slash horses. Siegel's been doing a great job. I'm just looking at M. Lombardi NFL as we well welcome you back uh, first off what a beautiful picture with the berm fest sign you can go check it out m lombardi nfl and then i got a picture of the helmet i see the board which was hung by engineer extraordinaire ken and it looks like you got a new helmet in the mix which one is that
3: yeah, I got the forty I so I wanted to get all the helmets of the teams that I that I worked for up there. I have a Louisville helmet from my son, that was Lamar Jackson's helmet. Hold on, I have to make sure I know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, here. you do. You
4: said I'm uh, loving the seat? new helmet. You got San Francisco, you got a yep. Patriot helmet up there.
3: And I'm waiting for my Raider helmet to come in, which I'm going to put over on the other side. So, yeah, it's all good. It looks We're, good, we, man. We got, we got it going. I mean, it looks good here. I mean, the, it, Ken Ken is the man responsible for it. I should hang a picture of him before I walk in my office. Over your right shoulder, the it uh, almost looks like a, a light
4: ring, but it's uh, the Lombardi. It's a picture of the Lombardi. What's, that's a cool th- – what is that around it? You
3: see over your right shoulder there? The, the ring? The, the po- you see the picture the plate, with the Lombardi the there? Yeah, yeah. That plate there—that is, that's a gift from Coach Belichick after we won Super Bowl Forty Nine. That's incredible. That was a gift from him. That looks really cool. Yep. I want one of those. Hey, yeah, no. Hey, Billy a, B, it's a, it's a treasure. Don't forget about your boy. He's Billy B's cut he's cutting limes. He's making himself, you know, he's got he can't produce the show today, JJ, so you're on your own because he's got to cut lime, get ready for the drink. So yeah. you know, I'll send you a picture of him working hard. I was Don't actually
4: worry. talking about the other Billy B that's Belichick, but I'm guessing oh, be, I'm yeah, well, guessing Belichick yeah. won't be coming to Bermfest. I'm guessing he's grinding.
3: <laughs> I think he's got a wedding to go to today, actually. I think he does. Congratulations, Brian Belichick. Cong- congratulations, Brian.
4: So, doubt or no doubt, let's go. Jamar Chase yeah. will be the Bengals leading receiver this season doubt or no doubt
3: I don't doubt that I don't doubt that at all I think he'll get the ball quite a bit I think the only thing that would make me doubt that is injuries I think he'll get the football now he's got to hope that the defense counts to five Mississippi and that Joe Burrow can stay upright and throw him the football but I do think that he will get the ball I think Tyler boards an inside slot receiver T. Huggins, Higgins is a nice player, good player, but I think this guy, this kid's special. I think he's a really good player. I don't like taking receivers in the top ten because I think the, the games won by offensive and defensive linemen. I would have taken Sewell, but that doesn't mean Chase isn't a good player.
4: They're loaded outside of they don't have an offensive line, <laughs> but and uh, they literally. I mean, I think, and you could tell me, but Burrow to me looks like he could be a general, like one of those players we're talking about in 15 years, but he's going to get hurt.
3: Again, I think they just got to do a better job protecting them. And I think they got to do a better job of scheming for them. I mean, look, Zach Taylor's won six games in two years. Most coaches, if they weren't working for the Bengals, would have been fired. Six games in two years. And you're going to say, well, have they improved? Well, we shall see. You know, we shall see. I mean, have they improved the culture? Have they improved the toughness? Have they improved the overall ranking of the team? The play calling? I mean, he hasn't made any coaching changes, really. You know, he opens up the game at home against the Vikings, Bears. You know, you got to go to Chicago, got to go to Pittsburgh. Look, they, they have to improve. You know, they have to improve. Yeah, well, they have to improve by three
4: wins. If you're going to go over, the over is six and a half. You can get plus money there at BetMGM. They won four games last year. Remember, if you're betting over six and a half, they've got to get to seven or more wins, that being the Bengals. Now, they've got a running back you love. They've got three wide receivers. They've got, they've got talent offensively. They don't have much of an offensive line. And then you mentioned a, a, a head coach that there's a lot of questions about
3: yeah I mean to me it's it really is uh, when you break him down and you look at what he's been able to accomplish in his career you know whether it, you know he's living off of reputations I mean I don't see it as it hasn't transposed itself into into anything that you feel like is oh god Zach Taylor look at that game plan oh my right. god did you see what they were doing like that there's really none of that you know and so you know he's won six games in two years two and 14 he comes back he doubles it up with 411 and one you no, know, he's six and twenty-five, Patrick, over the last two seasons. So tell me a coach who's gonna stay. I mean, he, God bless Hugh Jackson. He he could he couldn't even survive that. He won more games, I think. Sometimes you can see, even when teams are losing,
4: the skeleton of something special kind of growing. I, I didn't see right. anything from the Bengals. I mean you just did anything from them. No, or scheme wise offensively. Mm-mm. The poor Burrow. Burrow could be great. There's the picture. Look at that. That thing's sweet. Come back with the Apple Bomb here on the Lombardi Line. get asked this question all the time how can I listen well there's plenty of ways to listen but you can always do it for free whether you're in the car you're on a walk or working out just go to vston.com slash podcast so everything we do is free you get Lombardi line you get Josh Applebaum's market insights podcast all of our podcasts all of our shows beating the book follow the money everything veasan. slash podcasts and listen to all the Veasan shows for free. Okay, we do welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line, Michael Lombardi, there in Jersey, where I think it's going to be nice today. It's cooled down a little bit here, just quickly. I think it's going to be. Has only, it really? It's going to be. I'll just tell you, it's going to be one oh two today. One oh six. That is cool. We got up to one eighteen last that's week. That's
3: cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's really. That's try. That's really be able
4: to get a winter coat out. Speaking of cool. Let's uh, throw up the wet bar outside because look at my man. There's more lemons there than you could find on a lemon tree. Here's Billy B, uh, the legend that is. <laughs> He's getting ready for burnfest. Oh my gosh, there what's going? Yeah, there, he, there's the man, the myth, the legend. That looks like your crib, huh? Outside with the sink. Uh, I'm not going to confirm nor deny that. I wouldn't at all, do that Patrick. either. I wouldn't do that either.
3: I mean, how would I know? I've never even been there. So yeah. that is, but my goodness. There, that are looks... lem- there are limes. My man's cutting them up. He's getting ready, you know? Yeah. He's got people. He's got his list of things to do. He goes right through it. You know, they all are. Call him I'm Don, Don Julio. <laughs> Millie and Anissa, they're all working hard. <laughs> Bill Berman's got them working. All right. Josh Applebaum
4: joining. Josh, an update as far as a, really the big one is tomorrow where we open it. Michael nailed it at four and a half with the Hawks and Milwaukee obviously laying it on the road in game three. And I saw a couple three and a halves pop up. We had five here as our official number.
5: Yeah, Patrick, you're totally right. So we're actually seeing movement on both today's game and tomorrow's games. For, so for looking ahead, and again, you know, as betters, we're always just saying, hey, what's in front of our face? But a lot of times, if you can look toward the next day, look toward the future a bit, you can pick off some good numbers, maybe beat some closing lines. That's the name of the game, getting a better number than what it closes at. That's really the mark of a successful better long term if you're beating the market. So, Patrick, you are right. Initial movement here toward the Hawks. You know, you saw a lot of these books open. Bucks minus four and a half, uh, even minus five at some of these shops. We're now down to four and right now you're pretty much painted across the board Patrick but a couple books are leaning toward that three and a half so as we mentioned before we're seeing some of this Bucks money come in at home uh, coming back to you know their home court their home confines here but uh, Michael and Patrick one thing about today's game that I just noticed you're seeing some more Clippers money come in. Remember, we mentioned this spot for the Clippers coming down, uh, you know, from 0-2 in the series, then coming home and getting back into it. That same stat, you know, games one and two, they're 0-6 straight up. Games three and seven, they're nine and 9-1. Michael, what's important to me is I want to see this line continue to fall toward the Clippers. That's going to confirm to me that that's really the play that's taken in the respected money. So again, the fact that a lot of these books open Suns minus one and a half the line is now down to 1 even though almost 60% of bets are on the Suns. Michael, it looks like we're inching toward a pick 'em at a lot of these shops. Why is that important? Again, because the Clippers are the unpopular play here. So, uh this is kind of a uh, you know a, a preference here as a better Michael. If you like the Clippers, would you grab the plus 1? Would you maybe uh, look at a, a pick 'em play and go money line? What's your take on on which, if you like the Clippers,
3: which bet type to attack? You got to take the plus one, right? You take the plus one and avoid the money line. If you like the Suns, you know you go to the money line. But I, I mean, for me, this is the do or die game. This is the all in game. And I think if you're Paul George or if you're Reggie Jackson or if you're Zubak, I mean, this is it. If we don't if we don't play well tonight, this is over. We're going back three-one back to Phoenix, and maybe we get Kawhi back. I don't know. No one probably knows, but I think this is their moment, and they have to take advantage of it. And I do think there is a sense of woundedness in Phoenix. I mean, because I'll say this again: the last two games, if you're a Clipper fan, you feel like you should be up two-one. You know, you you mm-hmm. let one get away in Phoenix. You know, you didn't you didn't have Kawhi in Phoenix. You know, you let one get away there. And I think that this is a great opportunity. And and so, But most of America, most of the betting public doesn't see it that way. They see 83% of the money coming in on the Suns. They think the Suns are going to rally back. I'm not sure the Suns are 100% healthy. Maybe they will be. But I would lean towards taking the Clippers, and I'd lean towards the under.
4: Questions abound. Regarding quiet Leonard Michael as you mentioned at the top, but he is inactive. I can officially tell you he's not going to play in game four.
3: Are you hearing anything about him moving forward? You know, the only thing I've heard is there's a chance he could come back, but I don't know if anybody knows that for certain. I think it's a lot of hearsay. I mean, first of all, you know. He, they say it's not a tear. Well, all sprains are tears. I mean, so if you if you think you know now when there's a complete separation, that's a full tear. But there, there's something that's been pulled in his body, and you know I think it's a pain tolerance. Really, it becomes down to and how much swelling is in the knee. None of it, which we know. So, you know, I mean, if he they thought he wasn't going to play what what's the sense of not saying he's out for the series you know now maybe they think he could come back if it gets to the finals and they just want to keep everybody's attention
4: so campaign who turned his ankle in game 3 played i think right around 4 minutes there that's huge because he was the difference yeah, that's and the big one that's the big one right i mean that really yeah. that's huge for the suns josh are you hearing anything on pain i'm seeing questionable
5: yeah, so you're I think you're going back and forth questionable, probable. You know, we're gonna have to see how this plays out. But I think that's part of the line. I think that's one of the reasons if you're gonna bet the Clippers today, you're banking on that. Cameron Payne is a guy that when Chris Paul was out, really stepped it up, you know, dropped over twenty points a couple games in a row. Now with with Paul having to, you know, kind of get back from COVID, get back into the groove, you may not be able to lean on campaign. He may play, but then again, how effective will he be? And I think this also is affecting the total, Michael, because you mentioned you like the under. You know, we're seeing it tick back a little bit here. I think if you like the under, you're trying to get the hook under 218 and a half but remember this open around 220 you have seen the under uh, go two and one this series cash the last two And here's a couple stats if you like the under today uh, when the total is 220 or less in the playoffs this postseason the under is 14 and 10 58 percent and when you get to the conference finals it's almost like in hockey guys you get deep into the series uh, these lo- you know lower scoring games when the total is 215 or more in the conference finals the last decade the under is 27 18 60 percent so I think campaign you know it's not the biggest Uh, Injury in the world, but it is noticeable and it's affecting this line toward the Clippers and toward the under.
3: I think it's a huge injury, Josh. I think in this sense, because if campaign can play to the level we know, then they don't lose anything from Chris Paul to Payne. And it allows them to have Chris Paul play a lot less minutes. And so Paul's fresher and he's able to, you know, COVID, we saw this all year. When you've had COVID or whatever he had, it takes a lot out of you. We saw it with players. I mean, Seth Curry had it for the 76ers. And he, it took him a month before he was really back to normal whether he had it or not, but playing a lot of minutes isn't the recipe. I think it's significant, and I think Payne is really the guy that has made this thing go. I mean, scored 29 points in game two. I love Paul. Paul's not going to – he's going to come and play, but when you can share the minutes a little bit and take less of Paul, I think it certainly helps the Suns.
4: Yeah, I would agree with you. Dancing with those minutes with Payne, I think he's so valuable, and he just can get hot, and he's got this energy about him where – you know, he's into it, to put it mildly. He's, a, he's not Ben Simmons. He's he's into it. By the way, we walked in today. That series price, Phoenix, was minus 500. It's down to my – uh, excuse me, it's 425-ish. Um, wow. Actually, the suns, are, the suns are 340 at a book here in town. So we've adjusted big time. We'll come back with a few props and picks on the games next here at Lombardi Line.
2: Zumo Play.
4: Okay, turn a $1 dollar into a hundred. If you're a new customer over at BetMGM today, bet a $1, dollar win a hundred, Clippers or Suns that hit a three, that'll happen. All you gotta do is use the bonus code VSIN100, 100, VSIN100. 100. BetMGM.com, or download the BetMGM app. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-2707-117 for in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. and Tennessee, call or text Redline 800-889-9789. It's 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. We say hi. Hope you're having a great – hope you had a great week into the weekend here. Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher. He is Michael Lombardi. Josh Applebaum, host of Market Insights. Also, go to veston.com, enter your email address. You wake up with Veston every day for free with the newsletter. Josh contributes, does a great job with that. And I want to reiterate what Michael said a little bit earlier. We got Jeff Siegel on the horses, Ron Flatter on the horses. But – uh, seely Nigel Seeley uh, on the soccer slash football is a must, and you can find that over at vsun.com as well. Okay. Um, Josh, as we get back here, we'll get to a little baseball as well. I didn't see the catcher's mitt.
3: Is Mr. Baseball in the house over there? Yeah, he's. I got it somewhere around here. Where the hell did I put it? It's somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere. Okay, good. I'm just just it.
4: making sure. Just making sure. Hey, what the hell is it now? Hey, I don't know. Where take the hell your time. I put it. We get we'll get two props from Josh while you're looking for it. Josh, two props. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Josh. Clippers, Clippers, Suns tonight. <laughs>
5: Yeah, so I think the first one. This is kind of a combination of of two players who had a really bad game the last time out. So remember Devin Booker? He had to put on the mask. He actually uh, reached out to Rip Hamilton. Remember my guy? Got That's my the guy. Distance? Rip Rip wore that mask even after he was healed. He loved it. Yeah, it was a, it was a good uh, you know a good his shamrock his lucky rabbit foot there uh, there Patrick, but you know Pat, uh, Michael, I want to get your take on whether we should buy low on either Chris Paul or Devin Booker. So Booker struggled with the mask, Paul obviously struggled coming back from COVID. And to your point, Michael, you know you talked about Curry. I saw Jason Tatum straight up you know after COVID in, in Boston, a guy who really struggled said all year that he really couldn't get his breathing down. So you know we'll have to see how this affects Paul's long ter- Paul long term. But Patrick, Michael, they had a really bad uh, game last time out. Uh, both combined shot 10 for 40 from the field. That's a 25% field goal percentage, you know, only 15 points each. So, Michael, Chris Paul's over under points is 17 and a half today. Booker is 27 and a half. Do you like either of these guys to bounce back and play better today? Or do you think, hey, uh, keep going under here and maybe the, maybe the mask and the COVID is affecting this?
3: You know, I do. I don't. I think Booker's going to get over twenty-seven and a half. I think he knows he needs to get it going today. I I just think, to me, they they got to get him going. Amani Williams is smart enough to know. I think Chris Paul will play within himself. Plus, I think he'll share minutes with Payne if Payne plays. I lean towards the Booker one than I do more towards the Paul. Okay. So I got my glove, Patrick. I'm here it. I'm here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> there,
4: there you go, Johnny Bench. It. Eat your heart out. I'm ready to go. He's ready to go. Yeah, okay.
3: I mean, well, 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 let me get your machine. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> well, you want my pick? I'll give it to no, you right now. No, no, not, not, not yet. Not yet. Hold, hold off. Hold off on the baseball right. pick. You, you tell me to get the glove out. I get the glove. I know. You, I know. You know. I don't me... want to
4: listen. I'm your Sparky Anderson. Chill out there. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we, well, get your official <laughs> baseball pick. We got plays, but I want to get. I want to get your official pick on this Clippers Suns game. I think I know which way you're leaning here, Michael. But
3: I'm going to take the Clippers. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Clippers. I'm gonna be the guy in the bar that doesn't wear the Suns jersey. And I'm gonna take the Clippers. I'll take the one point. Thank you very much. I do like the under. I think under 220 is the right play. It's two eighteen and a half. I think pace is important. So I'm gonna go clippers and under here, Patrick. Okay.
4: I think that by the way, Josh, Suns and four guy got crushed by game three, right? The Suns and four. He was marketing that as far as he could go. Where are you on this one? Suns lane one, two eighteen and a half as far as the total, Josh.
5: I'm right there with my buddy, Michael Lombardi. I think you got a good opportunity to back the Clippers. And what I'm liking about the Clippers is that we're seeing continued movement in their direction. So, Michael, a lot of the percentages we were looking at, they're starting to even out here again. My tip would be when you're looking at betting percentages, you know, take it with a grain of salt early. Really focus on them later when the bets and the ticket count and the handle really builds up. And what you can do is, you know, throw away the percentages. What's the line telling you? This line opens, sun's minus one and a half. That's what our friends at BetMGM showed us. It's down to one. And what I like about this one, Michael, is the juice on the one looks like it's going down to a pick'em. So that tells me line movement toward the clippers. Remember, they've really done great uh in these situations. Game three and on. They're nine and one straight up. And I think if you like the Clippers, you get it now because by the time, you know, a few hours go, you know, Michael, you're having a couple cocktails with Bill Berman before you look up. <laughs> this may be getting down to a pick here. So I'm going to grab the one. And, Michael, I do like your under, uh, based on this line falling 220 down to 218.5. I'll go under, and I really like that Clippers. I- I'd grab the one now before it goes to a pick
3: you know you know if you say, look, what's the big deal? It's only one point. Like let's just take this game through, right? You know you're sitting there, you're up by four with 10 seconds left to go in the game and the clip and the sun's inbound the ball and Booker hits a three from wherever the hell he hits it from. and now all of a sudden you, you know, or you're up by three and Booker or you're up by two you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it cuts the line down and now you're at a push. You might as well take the points, right? Uh, the one point does matter, you know, and so I think it's important.
4: The, uh, by the way, I want to ask you both, if I told you, Paul George, points, rebounds, assists were set at 44.5, okay, so he's averaged so far 43.6.
3: Uh, through the first three, he's got to have a big game. He's got to have a big one, Patrick. He's yeah. got to have a. He's got to go crazy. He's got to have it. I mean, I think he knows. And I, you know, for for a guy who's been really critical on Paul George, and I've and I've said it all year about the Alexander trade and how they're going to regret it. And I haven't seen the superstar, the max player, at times in Paul George. But in this playoff round, I've seen it. I've seen the specialness in his ability, and and I think that, you know, I I didn't like yesterday's over with with uh, Trey Young, but I like it today. I, I like it. I think I think Paul George will demonstrate that he might become the most valuable player of the of this because if he's not, if he doesn't, the Clippers won't win.
4: He averaged 51 combined as far as points, rebounds, and assists against the Jazz. We need to need him to get over 44 and a half today, Paul George. Josh Applebaum, what do you like?
5: I'll lean over too, and I think what you like about Paul George is remember he could he was really the goat in that game too. He missed those two free throws, you know, and obviously they lose the game on on the value pierre Patrick. And, I, you know, he could have easily sulked or said, hey, you know, I missed these free throws. But instead, he put the team on his back, helped them to that win that last game. Uh, so I lean over. I do prefer the George over two and a half, three pointers. He's hit that uh, six of the last nine games, two of three in this series. But Michael, the one prop that I didn't mention to you, I want to throw your way is Zubots, the big man here for the Clippers. Yeah, uh, you've seen a really huge uptick in minutes for this guy. He was in the first couple rounds. He was like 10 minutes a game, didn't play a lot. He's playing 33 plus minutes in the last, last two Games. He had 15 and 14 the last two games. And I think what we like about Zubots is he hits his free throws. He's a big guy who hits his free throws. He's 20 of 22 free throws in the series. So if you can get, you know, five, you know, six, seven free throw points there, his over under today is 11 and a half. Michael, what do you think? Can Zubots, the big man, get us 12 points or more today?
3: I like him to go over that, and I think what you're going to see early in this game is Aiden. I think they're going to try to go after him and get him in foul trouble. I think that's the way they can eliminate him, and I think that he's got to be a a factor because when Aiden goes out of the game, you know, Phoenix doesn't really have a backup center. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't have one you know and so that really and Zubak the more he can play and the effectiveness of how he plays really helps him and we won't see Boogie Cousins anymore since game 2 but we will see Zubachs and I think he'll continue this trend it's been two games in a row I think that's a streak Pat, uh, Josh okay Mr Baseball let's start with you get the catchers mitt and give us your play for today well, on the I got diamond. it here you know I, I I like I like the A's the Giants game today what do we have uh, what do we have this morning when I checked it it was it was over eight did it go yeah. up? To no, eight, eight, what do we eight, have?
4: eight is still there maybe a couple bucks oh, okay, up to good. 115 but you still got eight
3: I like I like this given how Montezum would have pitched recently uh I I think the totals too low at eight uh you know I think they're offensive numbers but I think San Francisco's played better the past week scoring nine or more and I think they'll hit the over and I think this is the perfect time to do it so I, I like the over in this game Josh okay late 1005 tonight go over
4: the eight Oakland San Francisco Josh your thoughts on that
5: I'm with you, Michael. Number one, juice to the over, over 8-115, telling telling you some liability to the over. And then also, Michael, you've spent a lot of time there in San Fran. Guess what? Wind is howling out there, over to McCovey Cove, about 10, 12 miles an hour. So, again, you know, to me, if I'm betting an over, I want to have everything line up. I want the juice to the over. I want the wind blowing out. You also have a good um, umpire tonight, Lance Barrett, home plate ump. He's about 53, 54% to the over. So uh, that would all match for me. Uh, My play tonight, guys, not just that I'm a Sox fan here. But I like the Sox, the the spot the Red Sox are in today against the Yankees. Uh, Number one, Red Sox have had the Yankees number. They're a perfect 4-0 this year against the Bronx Bombers. And what I like about this one, guys, uh, public is split. Doesn't really know where to go. This is Montgomery against Nathan Avaldi. Yet we're seeing some movement toward the Red Sox. They opened out a lot of shops, minus 110, minus 115. They've been steamed up to around minus 125. Uh, Short home favorites, minus 130 or more this year in MLB, uh, coming off a win, 77 and 58. Uh, 58% there. Also, Avaldi pitched a really good game against the Yankees earlier this year. Six innings, one run, seven Ks. I'm going to go Red Sox at home to make it two in a row over the Yankees. You got a Braves-Reds play here? Yeah, this one made no sense to me, Michael, because Luis Castillo's got really bad numbers here. He's got a high ERA. He's got a lot of losses. Mm-hmm. Yet all, movements is, all movement has been toward the red legs in this one, guys. They split the first two games of the series. But now Cincinnati, after opening around minus 110, minus 115, similar spot as the Red Sox, now up to around minus 126. So you've seen these non-division home favorites. Remember, we like division dogs. You know, that familiarity benefits the the dog getting plus money. But non-division home favorites, two fifty-four and one fifty-four this year, sixty-three percent up nineteen units. So it looks gross. You got to take the Braves here plus money. Yet why is the line going to the reds? Give me the give me the reds here. Red legs at home.
4: There you go. Now, plans for today, boys, before the games. Michael Lombardi, I know Anise and Millie and
3: Berman, I know the squad's going to be there. What's the goals? Well, you know, we're just going to, you know, it's be, hopefully it'll be a nice day outside. I haven't seen out the window here, but, you know, maybe a little beach, a little pool, hang out, you know, get ready for Berm, get ready for Summerfest, sponsored by Bermfest, and enjoy ourselves. Patrick, <laughs> you're welcome to
4: come Thank over. Thank you. I'll be there later. Josh, your plans today?
5: Oh, I got a lot of games to sweat later, Patrick, but guess what? As a newly engaged man, I'm a very lucky man, but we got to look at like vendors today. We got to look at different oh, spots, there you go. We got to find a band. We got a lot going. I need your tips. Can you guys send I, me tips, I could send,
3: I could send Berman up there. He'll organize the whole thing for you if you need him.
5: I got I'm
3: no going to th- need him. Maybe he can be my bartender. I got no
4: tips. Yeah. Josh, enjoy the day. Michael, enjoy the day. I'll see you both tomorrow. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, here on the Lombardi line. Jeff Parles and James Saline is coming up next. The pregame show. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi line. Presented by BetMGM. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Zumo Play.